time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It's Monday, May 18th. May, May, what happened? Oh, my goodness. This, uh, this whole COVID thing has just got us kind of in the time warp, it seems like. But anyway, May 18th, 2020. Good to have you here with us. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format you can listen to anytime, anywhere. We're going to be going to video. I'm working on it. I've been working on it. There's so much Zoom meetings, and I'm doing everything on a Zoom basis, and the world has come to say, I want to see you. There's got to be a song out there, Alice, like that, I want to see you. But anyway, we're going to be doing that. So get ready. We're going to be figuring all that out. We've got the, I've got the software that I've been using for several other ones, live podcasts recently, and it's actually Facebook Live meetings that have been going on. Very excited about it. But anyway, we're going to be uh, talking more about that. So changes are coming to the Lickin' and Lending podcast. Yes, you'll always be able to listen to it on an audio download basis. In the Hot Topic segment, we've got Dale and Dale. We've got a father and son team, Dale the Third and Dale Jr. They both represent and uh, started a company that's really exciting technology, a tool for mortgage lenders. It's called Modex Technology Platform. It's a better way to find the right people, the right loan officers working with you and your company. Can't wait to get into that topic later in the podcast, in the Hot Topic segment. And they're up in the Seattle area, in the Ballard area, I believe. It's one of my favorite parts of the, the country, the Pacific Northwest, where I started my career 47 years ago. Love that area. We're so proud to be a part of the Industry Syndicate, industrysyndicate.com. Go check it out. You'll see that we did a podcast. Bill Treadwell did a podcast using this new technology that I was using. And we had a great session last week. And so all the syndicate partners got together. We did our own podcast, our own Zoom. Seemed like a Zoom meeting, but it's actually a Facebook Live. Check it out at industrysyndicate.com. Go to my Facebook page or go to my LinkedIn. I posted pictures of it and links to it. So you can go to download it and listen to it. Very effective. Very fun. Very fun to have last week's podcast where we had Gregory Keith on talking about what it takes to get approved with Jenny May. And we no more had that than we concluded that podcast. And I got a call from Tammy at Fannie Mae. goes, hey, we too want to get on. So we're working on getting Fannie Mae folks come on. They're also talking about the approval process. Had a great conference call with Ed Holman, who is also responsible for a lot of that at Fannie Mae. So very excited to be talking about what it takes to get approved with the GSEs. And Fannie Mae, we just had Jenny May on. Go listen to last week's podcast. That was That is getting so many crazy number of downloads. So the shout out goes to Tammy and Fannie Mae. It's one of our listeners. There's so many of y'all out there. As we say in Texas, all y'all out there listening, it is so much fun to have you here. And I love hearing from all of you. So special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Go check out the Bill Kelmer, Pete Mills, April 17th podcast. Very informative what's going on at the NBA. Be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance, a way you can have your voice heard uh, through the app. Get the app. 
just click, 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 and you have your word in front of the appropriate people messaging and reinforcing the messaging of how we're supporting what the NBA is doing, specifically Bill Kilmer. They're doing a great job for us, folks. And also while you're there, come on, sign up and join the NBA. If you're not a member of the NBA, become a member of the NBA. Such an important thing. Also, Finastro, whose Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution automatically addresses compliance issues. So glad to have them here. They do a great job of creating an enhanced power experience that creates satisfaction, increased productivity, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Both of these are mortgage co-ops where vendors and lenders get together and in a more meaningful way of connecting. I just encourage you to check out both of these co-ops. We're members of both. And I got to tell you, it makes such a difference. They get benefits, we get benefits as vendors. Also, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, love what they're doing, teaming with the NBA on the legislative initiatives. Also, Indicom, very thrilled to have them here, as well as Incelerate. Incelerate uses leading-edge technology for a mortgage experience with some pre-designed campaigns. Check out, we had Josh on here talking about their technology. Very good. Also, Ainsworth Advisors. AI Assist, which is an artificial intelligence tool, as well as Celebrity Home Loans, doing a great job of growing like crazy. If you're interested in finding a good, good home, check out Celebrity Home Loans, as well as KnowledgeCoop. Mobility RE is also out there. And then we got Modex on today. They're on, and we're going to be talking about what these kind of technology can do to help you picking and finding the right loan officers, as well as Velma, VendorServe, Vidyard, Special thank you to Alice, Andy, Alan, and Joe for their contributions each and every week. Rob Van Rampoorst got in the MBA Mortgage Minute, so let's run over and get that from Rob. Hi, I'm Rob Van Rampoorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, the House of Representatives introduced and passed the CARES Act 2.0, otherwise known as the HEROES Act. The bill contains a number of provisions supported by MBA. They include a requirement for the Treasury and Fed to establish a mortgage servicer liquidity facility to support borrowers' forbearance requests, amendments to the National Housing Act to facilitate the ability to separately finance TNI advances in the Ginnie Mae program, and $75 billion to state housing finance agencies for mortgage payments, paying down mortgage forbearance, principal reduction, and other purposes. Also last week, FHFA announced a new payment deferral option that will be available for GSE loans. This will allow borrowers exiting COVID-19-related forbearance to resume their prior monthly payments while deferring repayment of the foreborn amounts until the home is sold, the loan is refinanced, or the loan reaches maturity. This option avoids a formal loan mod helping borrowers, lenders, and investors. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Good job, Rob. DOA, that bill is DOA, is what Trump has said, and I don't even think it's going to make it out of the Senate, but hopefully they'll preserve the parts of the bill that Rob talked about. Again, use the Mortgage Action Alliance app to have your voice heard, but make sure you have it heard in such a way where we get the good parts, not the bad parts of that bill through. Anyway, Les Parker's created his segment, the TM Spotlight. I listened to it last night as he got it into us, and again, it's a song he's used before, but the message is a little bit different, and it's spot on. So, Les Take it away. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Who's got the eye of the tiger? A fighter dancing through the fire. Because it's the champion, and who's going to leap and roar? 
The Fed's buying along the curve and in various credit grades creates market dislocation. So the U.S. fixed rate instruments look for market leadership from other markets. A bullish dollar gives mortgages room to run. A bearish dollar helps the bears to roar. A strong break in oil, gold, or stocks can lead to a big move in long-term rates. Who's the champion? Who's going to leap and roar? These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. <laughs> Gary Catcherbone, I love what you do there, brother, and I love the messaging you have, uh, Les. Good job on that one. Love the segment. There's a lot of work that goes into that little piece, folks. I love it. Looking at the markets, by the way, I'm using MBS Live more and more when it comes to looking at what's happening. If you're not checking out MBS Live, you need to, folks. This is one of the coolest services for checking out the market. I've got Barry Habib on there. I was listening to his update earlier, especially about the COVID, why the markets are responding. He does a great job there. But man, this MBS Live has got data everywhere. I love it. So it brings me back to my old uh, my old uh, Tellerate days. So that'll age me right there. Remember Tellerate, Andy Shell? Oh my gosh, a long time ago. But anyway, let's get in and hear from Joe Farr. Joe, good to see the oh, stocks are up big this morning and we got some yeah. you know moderma i don't know how you pronounce that was you know positive yeah. test results on covid so some strong it's been a statements good, good morning for stocks yeah good morning i think there's it just really speaks to the hope that i think is in the markets right now i think a lot of people are in a country in the country a lot of people want to believe that we're going to come through this strong and i think there's just a real encouraging tone in this i think we got some rough water ahead because of earnings and some tough spots but Hopefully, this is a, a good indication of things to come. Your thoughts? Well, Can't we that's right. And, yeah, and we, we had talked about the things that might move the market in the, in the days and weeks ahead. And, and it certainly is going to come from just what you said, that the degree of hope and excitement about the recovery and the level and pace of recovery. And today, this morning, the market's reacting to two very positive indicators of an ability to get past this coronavirus uh, epidemic. And, and uh, the first comes from Moderna, which uh, announced a positive test for its vaccine, its COVID-19 vaccine. It said it yeah. produced antibodies in, in 100% of the recipients, and the, the level of the antibodies were equal to those who had recovered from the virus. So, you know, the, there's a very high degree of optimism for that. And then Fed Chair Powell on 60 Minutes last night in his interview, provided some further commitments or, or, or continued commitments toward supporting the economy. And as a result, stocks are up over 800 points this morning. And unfortunately, MBS prices aren't down more than they are. They're just down a little bit. So very good morning for the stocks. Looking at last week, Dave, MBS prices fell a little bit during the week. Investors shifted to a less optimistic view of the economy. And Stocks fell about as much last week as they're up today. They fell 720 points last week. Jerome Powell used terms like lasting damage when he, and prolonged recession mm-hmm. when he's talking about uh, the possibilities and called for a great deal more government support. So the things driving the market are not economic, although when you look at the data that came out last week, you certainly, if you looked at the retail sales numbers, you would agree that they, too, you know, supported a, a shift to a greater economic concern. The uh, We talked last week about the large amount of Treasury 
notes and bills to be auctioned. The response in the market was mixed in that the 10-year auction went pretty well, saw strong demand, and the 30-year auction, though, was fairly weak. Looking at this week, Dave, Rob mentioned some of the requirements of the CARES Act. One of the requirements he did not mention was that it calls for the uh, Fed Chair Powell and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin to testify before the Senate on a quarterly mm-hmm. basis. And that testimony is supposed to come on Tuesday. You know, Chairman Powell's been the one driving the market lately, so he's going to be in the spotlight again. So we'll see what he says there. And then we're bound to hear more about the vaccine as the week progresses. And if it loses the enthusiastic response that it got today, we're going to see some market reaction from that. The data includes housing starts and existing home sales this week. Housing starts are going to come out tomorrow and existing home sales on Thursday. And, you know, they're going to show us just how far the economic, the housing activity has slowed in April. And then as has been the market driver, headline driver anyway, over the last few weeks, the weekly initial jobless claims, they're expected to show that they have dropped but they're still expected to be 2.4 million, down from 3 million the week before. So that's my report, Dave. Good job. Appreciate you being here, Joe, and uh, giving us this, your perspective on the markets. Yeah, I agree. That's going to be. There's some interesting market data that's coming out. I mean, economic data, but like you said, a whole lot of other things driving this that are got our attention in a big, big way. Appreciate right. you, Joe Farr. Thank you so much okay. for your good report. Let's get over to Alice Alvey. She's live with us right now. It's so good to have Alice here. Alice is the CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage, and she's got this week's legislative update. Alice, it's hard to stay out of politics sometimes when you see some stuff going through the hill, but we try to focus in. I, I like what Rob talked about, parts of what they're proposing, I mean, at least the housing stuff for the mortgage industry, but some of the other stuff, I just, oh, man, what are they thinking? Yeah, the, the, well, I was going to mention it, just make sure everyone picked up on what Rob said. And, and actually, uh, your comment afterwards that it doesn't look like the House Bill 6800, the HEROES Act, is actually going to make it through the Senate or be signed by the president, even though it has in it what we as an industry really need. So we'll wait and we will watch that to see if some alternative gets put on the table. As of now, I don't see... You know, a lot of times there's a companion Senate bill where if there's stuff they don't like in the House bill, they'll come up with some type of companion bill where they've made the necessary edits. And so far, I don't see anything specifically from that. The House has presented other bills. So, for example, you know, some people do or do not like the student loan provisions in the HEROES Act. There's another House Bill 6720 that's just targeted at the student loan forgiveness for healthcare workers, for example. So there may be a newer and different approach that instead of trying to do trillions of dollars at one time, maybe Congress as a whole realizes there needs to be some more well thought out, you know, bills that people can digest in a reasonable period of time and actually make things that are effective. Because we've all heard some of the challenges that have come out with these large amounts of funds that have been distributed already. So more to come on that. As far as legislation related to housing, you know, the pieces that we needed are sitting in that HEROES Act, and somehow we've got to get them out of there 
um, and included so that they get their own visibility. Now, another thing Rob said that's really important to separate, though, he did bring up about the Federal Housing Finance Agency yeah. uh, payment deferral option, which is very big, is not part of the House bill, is just a separate thing for the Federal Housing Finance Agency that will allow Fannie and Freddie to accept a payment deferral. So if your customer chooses to go into forbearance and have the you know, three or so payments put on hold, now they're going to allow that, that those funds can be due and payable at the time the house is sold or reaped or the loan is paid in full. They're, in other words, kind of like a triggering event of when it would be due, as opposed to having to go through a full modification where the borrower now has to, you know, potentially end up with an increased housing expense or a lump sum payment that's due immediately. So that was really good news. Keeping in mind that's just for Fannies and Freddies, uh, that's not the case for our Ginny Mays. Uh, for right. our Ginny Mays, it's still the issue of. Remember, you the loan still has to be insured or guaranteed. So even though once it hits pool stage, it could have a potential one-month payment, that's it can be one month down as long as it's insured or guaranteed. So you still got to make sure your ops are on pace very quickly to get those loans insured and guaranteed right away after closing. It's one area to not forget as we get super busy. It's real easy to forget about post-closing and not give them the resources they need to stay on top of that. One last thing, Dave, is income calculations are still constantly being discussed. It is a daily thing I see from a lot of lenders and on the MBA discussion boards as well, where people are thinking that the gap due to COVID is something I can leave out of my income analysis, and that is not the case. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. You have to include it, just like you would any other gap, in your mathematical calculations for averages and income. And you have to now have extra concern about the stability once they've returned to work or once their business has been permitted to reopen, especially in self-employed. So don't look at this as, oh, it's COVID's fault, right, or it was a natural disaster's fault, and I can leave that out of how I calculate or determine stability of income. Think of it the opposite. I now have more burden of proof that now that they're back, stable and will continue. So just a reminder to everyone, since we're still seeing a lot of conversation, a lot of people think the agencies haven't given guidance on it. In my view, they actually have. They've said, do what you always would have to do to ensure the borrower has the ability to repay the loan. So that's my two cents for today, Dave. Back to you. Good, good, good job. Have you have any knowledge, Alice, on with those loans that are in forbearance about the advance, the responsibility of the lenders making advances? Because at, at this point, Jenny Mays doesn't matter. I mean, we have the fund, uh, the PTAP fund that they can access. But as far as advances, I said, even though the forbearance is going on and they can put the payments that are being for, that are involved in the forbearance on the end, that's good. But the lenders still have to make the advances, and that's the part mm-hmm. that's this thing continues, that's going to be the pain for this industry. That's the ongoing hangover yeah. that we may be, that we're, or the, I don't know if it's a hangover. It's, it's, well, we got a serious cold. The cold. <laughs> this yeah. is, this is bad news. for This is that, not good for the industry. So we still have to deal with that and how long this continues, especially in your old state. So this is going back to the things we were talking about in a previous, couple of previous podcasts ago on your segment, talking about the states that are have a tendency to be more democratic in their leadership. Not again, not trying to get political with this podcast, but it's the fact. If you look at them, it's almost all Democrats that are going into, whether it be at the city level or at the county or at the uh, state level. 
that are keeping people in a stay-at-home status and in not opening up businesses. So I think it's going to be really interesting to um, see how this plays out state by state. And um, yeah. especially as it relates to the mortgage lenders in there. I think one thing I want to clarify, too, I did, after our podcast where we talked about that, you know, the Democratic, the prevalence yeah. of it being a Democratic governor, I did do a lineup state by state of the state governors and then line that up against the COVID number of cases. Yes. So it does happen to be that out of, like, at least at the time I did this, it all changes every day, is the, the list of top 10 states happen to be, you know, the states that were also traditionally or currently Democratic governors happen to also be the ones with the top cases in the biggest cities. You know, so there's a little bit of some of it just it happens to also be yes. related to the severity of the illness right. in their region. So um, yeah. just a little yeah. bit there. I don't disagree with you Good on balance. the challenges, but it's important to kind of, we always say look at all eight sides. So any case, that's, I just wanted to throw that in there. And your comment about the Creditor Facilities Act, that's in the HEROES Act. So as far as I know. to lenders and getting <laughs> that financial relief, that's still up in the air to the extent that we yep. really need. Yeah. yeah, something we really need. You do a good job of covering all this. And thanks for pointing it out. I don't want to be too hard on the Democratic governors because I have so many friends that are Democrats and out there that I don't want to think I'm just bagging on them. There are there, there is some statistics, some data, but I tell you, I, I'm looking at the states that are getting back to action, and like here we are in Texas and other states, and it's, it's encouraging. So anyway, you moved out of Michigan, and you're now in a friendly state. At least it's getting pretty pretty decent there. So. <laughs> Yeah, so good. To, thanks for being here, Alice. Don't mean to drift off into politics, but I have a tendency. We're any, it's going to be it's an election year. It's going to be hard to stay out of that territory too much as we go into this. But appreciate you being here each and every week, bringing us the legislative update. Thank you so much. I want to put in a quick plug for um, Finastra before we get into Alan's topic. They have got this mortgage origination software called MortgageBot FusionWare. Uh, I guess it's Fusion Mortgage Bot, it's what they refer to it. And it really does create customer experience. And we're going to be talking more about customer experience. How can you create a greater customer experience? More and more, how you engage the customer is going to have a big factor on the technology you should select. I encourage you to check out Fusion Mortgage Bot. They have over 1,400 clients already. It's an amazing company with amazing technology. And so shout out to our sponsor, Finastra. Alan Pollock, good to have you here, friend. Appreciate you each and every week. And what do you got for this week's tech update? Good to be here, David. I appreciate you as well. So great week. This is very non-political. Have you ever met Flippy, David? He's an AI no. assistant chef. Oh, really? Probably not. No. Yeah, so Flippy is going to be cooking food for MLB stadiums. He makes about $3 per hour, or that's what it costs. And in the past, you probably ordered a burger, medium rare with mustard, and it came out burnt with ketchup. That's what the, uh, the article says. Well, they said, fear no more. Flippy is a perfectionist and will never make the same mistake. It actually, Cali Burger at Dodger Stadium is going to uh, have Flippy out there this year. And the company is called Miso Robotics. And they say their statement is every burger is cooked to perfection. Wow. Makes me think of Miso Hungry or Mismo Hungry. <laughs> so, oh, anyways, funny. nice play of words. Look out for Flippy. He's going to be cooking your burger soon enough. Oh, by the way, David, Flippy has cooked over 60,000 pounds of fried food and over 12,000 burgers already. 
That is And what a great Flippy. name, Flippy. What a great name. Be if you're flipping burgers, why not call your AI right. Flippy? Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to have to look so, at it. So, you know, that's blockchain has fallen mm-hmm. off the conversational list temporarily. It's being used, and it, and it is progressing very yeah. quickly. But just generalized uh, cryptocurrency, right, which is sort of mm-hmm. how blockchain in a way was introduced, Visa just filed a patent for cryptocurrency to replace cash, and the patent was approved. Basically, what it does is it utilizes both central banks and commercial banks, and it leverages a big, large, giant private blockchain to try and improve the payment ecosystem. So they're trying to create what they call the digital fiat currency. The deal here is that, one, it, 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 this, is a, this, this is an accelerator of blockchain and it helps with the entire payment industry, which has gone extremely digital and still continues to be one of the biggest, biggest things in fintech. But it will, it will definitely make its way into mortgage. There's a lot of stuff in blockchain and mortgage going on. But this is a big step. So congrats to Visa for, uh, for getting that patent approved. Interesting. So this weekend, David, I was talking to some, some friends and somebody, we, you know, they were sort of asking how the industry was doing. Uh, we were talking about technology and all the podcasts and everybody's got their own zoom story they had a ping pong table closing so i know we've talked about drive-through closings uh, and all the other ones but they said that the uh, folks came to their home they slid the papers on a ping pong table from one end to the other and uh, away they signed and their refinance was done so i don't know how many people are listening raising their hands saying i also did the ping pong closing but that uh, seems to be a thing of the times and that you know, a great amazing. article at uh, Pulse. Uh, it's called a Pro- Pulse article from Housing Wire. Uh, talks about advances in video applications. So you know all the virtual closings we're having, and the, the Zoom videos, and all this great stuff. And it's so funny reading this article made me think back to almost five years ago about a company I'm going to mention in a second. But you know, it just talks about how video has truly become a successful balance of our borrowers' need, and it even includes the human touch, right? And all those complex steps that require interaction can still be done to some degree over video. Well, there's this company, uh, it was a great article, by the way, um, at Housing Wire, the, the Pulse article. There's this company years ago that I, I was introduced to, and I just Googled them today, and it turns out they're still out there, and they've expanded their company quite a bit. The company's called Talkuments. Very interesting. What their title says on their website is that they're the first online interactive consumer education loan compliance and quality assurance platform. But what's really unique about what they do is they originally, what Talkuments did is they they took the disclosures and they built a presentation that you feed dynamic XML data into and you can customize them, but they basically helped the borrower understand what the disclosure documents were. And it got their acceptance and, and they can replay it as many times as they want and the lender can customize it. They've obviously expanded the platform. But, you know, we talked about chatbots last week, and what is, you know, what, what, what HousingWire's Pulse article is saying about, you know, getting to video applications and, and resolving what borrowers need and what Talkuments does, really we're, we're making that connection of, right, the human emotion and empathy, and we're building right. trust. And, and in these unique times, the new norm is already here. So these are the areas that we need to focus on. We've all focused on the application up front. This is really, really important. So building trust is, is huge. And, you know, we talked about chatbots. And I said this week I would talk a little bit more about yeah, chatbots. I'm looking forward to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so a, cu- a couple of really interesting things. You know, there's a, a company out there. It was called Jane.ai. They've been around a couple of years. Uh, they changed their name to Capacity. 
And I've always liked what they've done because they take the loan officer and they focus on a chat bot where you can say, I'd like to schedule a meeting for Wednesday with the Johnson file. And the chat bot would say, you know, no problem. It's scheduled and an email has been sent to you and your LOA, right? It, it was, it was, and it had all the information that you needed. Well, that's one type of chat bot, but there's a couple points and I, and I went to their website to see what they're up to capacity. If you don't know them, you want to go check it out. Really interesting software application. And there's many of these chat bots out there, but they had some good information on their website. One of the specifically the things they said, which is so true, chatbots don't sleep. Loan officers do sleep. And the <laughs> chatbot had access to information that not any one human could have all at the same time. And so there's so many applications, right, David? We've talked about chatbots and marketing in our industry and how many times, like we talked about quickly last week, it takes to get to the loan officer. Uh, sometimes it could be six times. Sometimes it's 13 times. And the, the most important fact is that chatbots are omnichannel, meaning that you can talk to somebody on a website, but as a loan officer, you can actually take control of that conversation. You have hmm. access to all the conversation that occurred. You can immediately move to SMS text message, or you can move to email. That's really, really important. And most importantly is actually where do you start with a chatbot? Whether it's a loan officer application, it's for the borrower, what do you do? Is it strictly for marketing? You need to script out what it is, and that's a whole other topic. There's actually college courses now for conversational scripting, so conversational yeah. design. And, 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 it, and it's amazing the way you have to transform a conversation. I worked with you on a chatbot, David, and I've deployed yes. two into, into market pilot programs. And it was very unique on how you how you think the chatbot's going to speak, but then how it actually communicates, and then how it truly can understand a conversation. And that's what comes in natural language processing. So we'll yeah. talk more about chatbots. I'll, I'll get some other Can't examples wait. to bring in, but if you haven't looked at capacity, they have a really good example of how, it, how their chatbot specifically has transformed and how it helps the loan officer, not just the borrower. It's another angle of how chatbots are really doing a good job here. And by the way, if you didn't see my LinkedIn post last week, after the program about Amazon Alexa Silver, the, the spoof that, that was so I funny. Did. Yeah. 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 Or the state farm, um, robotic assurance adjuster. Uh, I'll, I'll repost it, but man, those are repost, so funny. Repost, you gotta have couple. that again. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Well, have a great week, everybody. Looking forward to, uh, if you, you want to chat with me, you know, my email, it's Alan, A-L-L-E-N at TMS hyphen advisors.com. Yeah. Thank you, Alan, so much. Appreciate you being here. Capacity is a good one. Also, it's a great point to interject our sponsor, um, AI Assist. They do a great job. It's on the marketing side, and it uh, starts out with direct mail and um, e excuse me, email, direct email, uh, and then it goes into texting as well afterwards. So I can't wait. I want more statistics on texting, Alan. So the whole AI stuff is exploding, and it's so fascinating also about the conversational. You get a class on how to converse via technology-wise, and I want more information on that one, too. Our so, listeners would love that. David, you know, I've got a, a friend who started a company in Manhattan, and they do conversational design for a lot of big companies now. Conversational and design, started, yeah. started right. uh, their own courses. Maybe, maybe we should uh, – let me, let me see if we can connect some dots, maybe some good information for our listeners. Yeah, be good to have them on as a hot topic. Yes, I'd love that. Very good, Alan. Appreciate you so much. Have a great week, and I uh, hope you stay tuned in with our conversation with Dale and Dale of Modex. Love to have you be here, Fred. Appreciate it. We'll be here. We've got the doctor in the house, Dr. Andy Shell, the profit doctor, 
and he's here with us to give us an update. And he texted me just a short time ago saying that, hey, Dave, you know, we're hearing reports that getting access to the TPAP fund with Jenny is not just a real easy, easy deal. So, Andy, love to get some thoughts on that. And then also the, your thoughts on, you know, you're still making, people are still making advances on this. And now what, is, what is the potential of this? Any thoughts? Well, the surfacing side of this was, well, it, we're all fixed because Jenny May is going to advance the money. And I've talked uh. to several <laughs> different servicers, and they're saying that, well, yeah, in theory, yes. But the process of actually getting the money is really difficult with all the process you have to go through to get approval for the advance. So it's not quite as simple as it sounds. And so that means that services are going to continue to have liquidity challenges as the population of forbearance borrowers hopefully is now stabilizing as the economy turns back on and we can have some assurance about the extent of the delinquency trend and get past this initial forbearance and, and part of the HEROES Act again addresses some of how to make that seamless. Because if you apply for a loan today, having been on forbearance, you don't have 12 months of pay history to demonstrate. So there's lots of stuff, technical stuff, little weedy stuff, stuff in the weeds you got to deal with. Yeah, so I, I so think good. hopefully it's on the on the right path. I did want to make a quick comment about the PPP funds. I yep. know a number of mortgage companies have received PPP funds, and the way the the program works is that once you receive the funds, you have eight weeks to spend it on qualified expenses, with the biggest qualifying expense being uh, payroll. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's, a, there's a catch to this, because the whole idea is where you get the money and then it's forgiven, you never have to pay it back, it's just like a capital contribution from the government. So, But this forgiveness thing is a bit of a moving target, so we want to, I just want to bring up a caution for the listeners in this is uh, this information I'm providing now is from the Texas Society of Certified Public Accountants. There's a there's a daily blog that that hundreds and hundreds of CPAs all across the state contribute to, and the 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 point is distilled down is that mortgage lending slash banking is an essential industry. As an essential industry, the revenue decline may not have actually occurred. So if if your revenue did not actually have a decline because of the virus, then be careful about spending all the PPP funds yes. because there is no liquidity crisis for a servicer, for a mortgage lender aside from servicing advances. So if you separate out the servicing issue, mortgage companies are making money. And so, I mean, there was a weird stuff in March with the market and all that, but for the right. most part, mortgage companies are making money. So the, the Texas Society of CPAs is throwing caution to industries that were not, the industries that are considered essential, did not have a demonstrated decline in, vir- in, in revenue associated with the virus, to be cautious about assuming that the money is going to be forgiven, because the problem is they can, they're continuing to change the rules. The SBA did another rule change just last this past Monday. Well, earlier, earlier today, they released another update. So just because it said what it said, when you've got money, doesn't mean that uh, those are going to be the rules when you decide if you have to pay the money back. So that's that is such a good point, really good point. Yeah, it would be great if all the mortgage lenders could have gotten the money and used it as a capital contribution, but uh, such may not actually be the reality. We'll have to see. Yeah, we, 
Yeah, we we have several clients that uh, decided to return the money on that note, and we have some others that I think should have returned the money and are keeping it. And I'm going, ooh, ooh better get some advice on that. In fact, I'm going to recommend them to call you and uh, email you, well, so it's good. You know, again, uh, no one has a crystal ball on what the government's going to say. Well, all the CPAs are doing is applying logic right. to the circumstances right. and defining what is need and what isn't need. And we already know that for public companies, if there was access to liquidity, then that disqualifies you from access to the funds. So yep. if you are in a business line like a restaurant like Ruth Chris that got declined, but you have access to public funds like Steak and Shake, then you, you don't qualify. So a mortgage lender doesn't have access to public funds, not public company, but it's not hasn't had a revenue decline. If anything, refi is keeping everything really busy. So anyway... A point for yep. consideration. Good point. Uh, in fact, a client that you and I worked on together, uh, near and Darren won't mention their name, uh, last month made so much money. It was, they made more money last month they did in their first five years in business. And it's just amazing how there has been a growth. Andy, Shell, good stuff. Really appreciate that. Appreciate you being here each and well, every week. Part, part, part of the interesting point, too, is that with the distance performance of tasks, efficiency has climbed. And there was an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago about how bosses are going to be surprised when they realize that eight hours of work can be done in four. Yeah. <laughs> even when people are at home. I know. So as, There's as so many things changing increases, yeah, yeah, exactly. So the rest of what I was going to talk about we'll cover next week on how yeah. the change process impacts uh, change process and data is what I was going to cover. But I spent too much time on PPP, but it's an important topic. But, it so is. We'll it's really, really good point. Later. It's great, great public news. And I also want to give you a shout out. I know you had to rearrange a meeting to be able to stay here on the podcast with us today. And I love, I love your commitment to the podcast, Andy, and your, the research you go into. So that's true of everyone here. But I know what you had to go through today. So I want to just give you a public shout out for going to the extra mile to make sure that the Profit Doctor is here live. It's so important. Love it. Appreciate you very much. <laughs> Thank Looking you for that, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to have some barbecue on Saturday, too. I'm looking forward to that. That's what happens when you come to Texas. You get barbecue. we got some great barbecue here. So, Anyway, folks, That's that right. ends the weekly update for this podcast, and we're so thrilled that you've been here. Now stay tuned if you're listening live right on through because we're going to get into the Hot topic segment. Before we go, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Indicomps, Incelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, as well as Mobility, as well as Modex, who are our guests today. We thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Check out all of our sponsors. We want to continue on talking, but we're out of time, folks. Have a great week. <laughs> Look forward to having you back here next week. And share this podcast, please, with your friends and associates. Appreciate you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.